This is Eye on Ed, your source for information about audits, investigations, and other work by the U.S. Department of Education Office of Inspector General. Tune in for the latest news on our efforts to find and stop fraud, waste, and abuse in federal education programs, operations, and funding. Welcome to another episode of Eye on Ed. I'm your host, Mary Farthing. Today, in celebration of Women's History Month, we're going to talk about women in federal law enforcement. In the United States, law enforcement is an indisputably male-dominated profession. According to the National Institute of Justice, women constitute less than 13% of total officers and a much smaller proportion of leadership positions. Here at the Office of Inspector General, Our numbers are higher than average, as about 29% of our law enforcement agents are women, and 28% of our law enforcement leaders are women. Is that a sign that things are changing? What are the challenges to women in law enforcement? And what are the rewards? And if you're interested in law enforcement, how do you get started? These are some of the questions I'll be asking our guests today, three of OIG's law enforcement leaders. And I'll give you a little sneak preview. Each one of them started on the ground floor and worked their way up in the leadership ranks, breaking glass ceilings all along the way. So, glass ceiling breakers, why don't each of you introduce yourself and tell us how long you've been in federal law enforcement? Thanks, Mary. What a very insightful intro. I'm Jessica Santana, and I am the Director of Policy and National Initiatives for OIG Investigation Services. And I've been in federal law enforcement with the OIG for almost 25 years. I'm Terry Harris, and I'm the special agent in charge of the OIG Eastern Regional Investigative Office. I've been in federal law enforcement close to 30 years now. And I'm Nicole Gardner. I'm the special agent in charge of the OIG's Headquarters Operations Office. And I'm the young one of the bunch. I've only been in federal law enforcement for 20 years. Listeners, let me tell you, this is an impressive group of law enforcement professionals. Jessie was the first Hispanic woman to hold the leadership position in federal law enforcement at the OIG. And Terry is the first woman to lead our Eastern Regional Investigative Office. And Nicole is only the second woman to lead our headquarters investigative operation. Jessie, Terry, Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. So let me ask probably the most obvious question. What drew you to federal law enforcement and the OIG? Nicole, let's start with you. Thanks, Mary. Um, for me, I came from a law enforcement family. My dad was a federal law enforcement officer for 32 years with the U.S. Customs Service in Denver, Colorado. And along with that, I always had the urge to help those in need, particularly children. So beginning a federal law enforcement career in education was really the perfect fit for me. I fell into it by accident, honestly. I started way back in 1992 as an Air Force Security Forces member who was also a canine specialist with the opportunity to work not only a bomb dog, but a drug dog, which is scary in and of itself going into clear, you know, a house for a bomb. So, you know, come into the Air Force, you come in this type of thing called open general. So you kind of get what you get and you don't throw a fit. Um, But lucky for me, I was able to be put in law enforcement and that was a turning point for me. You know, it suits my personality. I have this, this curious nature you know, that I have to know, like, what happened and why it happened. But most of all, I really have this strong sense of of right and wrong. And then I'm keenly aware that 
what I do protects our taxpayer dollars, which in turn allows other young women like myself the opportunity for a higher education that would eventually open doors for them in federal law enforcement. You know, I'm a combination of Nicole and Terry. My grandfather was a detective in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So he was the first law enforcement officer um, in our family. And I was the second. Um, and as a junior in college, I competed and was selected um, to be an intern with the FBI. And I was the first Hispanic uh, intern for the FBI. And it was it was awesome. And much like what Terry said, Law enforcement suits my personality. Um, there's something about justice, education, serving our communities, being a public servant that just moves and inspires me. And this career, um, I'm grateful to say, has allowed me to do that. It's so interesting how you all came to this career or how this career just came to you. Okay, so tell us a little about the job itself. What does being a federal law enforcement officer at the OIG entail? Well, Mary, we're federal agents just like the FBI. The only difference is our jurisdiction. The FBI can investigate any federal crime. However, OIG agents can only investigate crimes related to the Department of Education's programs, operations, and funding. We operate under what is called statutory law enforcement authority. So what does that mean? That means we carry firearms, conduct search warrants, and arrest warrants. We interview witnesses and subjects just like other law enforcement agencies. We also use traditional law enforcement techniques like conducting surveillance and doing undercover operations. Terry, is there anything that I missed? I would only add that, you know, as investigators, we also work closely with our prosecutors at the federal, state, and local levels. You know, we bring them, you know, our cases and our investigations and for them to prosecute and adjudicate. And then, of course, we're involved with cases from cradle to grave. That's law enforcement speak for from the beginning of the case to the end of the case, conducting our investigations, you know, all the way through the sentencing phase. Um, that might entail us also having to testify at, you know, the sentencing or during the course of an investigation and trials. Jesse, how about you? Anything you need to add? Yeah, I would add that we also partner with other law enforcement agencies at the local, state, and federal level. And many times our investigations will begin with a call from the FBI or other law enforcement agency. They look to us as the experts in federal education fraud. Those are important relationships that we foster, and many of our cases were successful because of those important partnerships. Another important relationship we have is with members of the public. Lots of our cases begin with calls from them too. Teachers or school administrators who see something in their school that doesn't look right and they report it to us. So in the course of a normal day, you carry firearms, conduct searches and arrest warrants, and work with prosecutors to put the bad guys behind bars. Um, now, let me ask you this. Do you think there are advantages to being a woman in your line of work? Wow. So now we get to these hard questions. So this is a tricky one. I'm not sure that I would have, you know, answered this question the same way had you asked me, let's say, 15 years ago. Now, today, though, the advantage I see now is that there is an expectation that, yes, we can. You know, we can do this. Whereas years ago, we were underestimated and not considered to, to be able to do this job. You know, whereas today, the expectation has allowed us to reach career highs that were once unavailable to us. So the actual advantage now is that we no longer have to fit this, this mold that's, 
you know, in a career dominated by, by men, by having to suppress who we are as women. Those of us that have a softer side maybe are just as valued and respected for what we bring to this table. And it's not just based on our gender. I agree with Terry. Um, as a woman in law enforcement, I feel I always brought empathy and understanding to the table. And we all know how important that is um, in this career, in this field of law enforcement. And because of that, I was able to de-escalate certain situations um, and obtain confessions from the people I was investigating. Yeah, I would, I just echo everything that Terry and Jesse said. I think that everyone has unique traits that they bring to the table um, that improve the overall performance of an agency. For me, I bring the ability to communicate with others and that gives me the advantage um, for talking to witnesses and wrongdoers. Yeah, Nicole, and, and I think that's the key. You know, women, women continue to be underrepresented in law enforcement and in leadership positions. The advantages we think we bring to law enforcement today are empathy, communication styles, and skills were not viewed as strengths or advantages at all a decade ago. But now they are. And the three of us are living examples of that. Each of us came in on the ground floor, stayed true to ourselves, our values, and our unique traits and strengths. We worked hard and now the three of us are in leadership positions. So now let's do the reverse. What are some of the challenges you have or face as a woman in federal law enforcement? Mary, that's a very interesting question. Honestly, I think that implicit bias is in every pro profession and that women face it every single day. However, in law enforcement, it might be a little bit more of an uphill battle. You know, um, as you know, most women are smaller statured and then their male counterparts and and they might fa face more challenges um for instance like qualifying with their firearm or completing defensive t tactics training um much like the fbi we are required to complete law enforcement training and to meet certain requirements to maintain our law enforcement status so i think that although the bias exists i, I do think it's un unintentional that's a great answer nicole for me, I think one of the biggest challenges that we face as women in law enforcement is that there's a constant comparison to other women in our profession, you know, whether that's good or bad. As Nicole said, you know, bias exists, whether it's intentional or, you know, intentional or not, it's there. But if you're following the footsteps of an outstanding professional woman, and that's, that's, that's phenomenal. We definitely want those women out there, but it's a lot of pressure to have to reestablish yourself as an individual at that point. But then on the other hand, what if you're following behind someone that had the opposite experience and all they've seen is a negative of women in law enforcement? Then you have to be that one individual that can stand out and prove to them that you're not your gender and that your gender is not just one person. That's right. And, you know, I, I will say this. Uh, many times I found myself in a room um, in meetings filled with all men and I was the only woman. So. Um, I think one of the things is that imposter syndrome where we're wondering, well, how did this happen? Or is, you know, but it's, it's, you know, staying true to yourself. Um, uh, for me, you know, staying true to myself, uh, my values of uh, the work ethic, but, you know, I, I do want to talk about another challenge that the three of us face 
and that's the work-life balance. Um, we are all mothers, wives, caregivers, and there's a balancing act you have to do. Sometimes it takes a while to figure it out. I, I know for me, it, it took me a while. And you have to learn how to leave a case at the office uh, so when you're home, you can be in the moment with your family and not feel that by doing so, you're limiting your opportunity to rise within the organization. Those are really great points, and I appreciate how you each spoke about your challenges and how you overcame them. But in spite of those challenges, what has made federal law enforcement a rewarding career for you? I'll go first. Just being able to to serve others, um, to affect positive change in education and in our agency. But I must say the most rewarding has been the camaraderie with my colleagues, the relationships, the friendships that I've developed throughout the years. Um, I'll always have that uh, with me. Absolutely, Jesse. Absolutely. You know, I'm more of a straight shooter, you know, definitely stopping criminals, you know, from taking our taxpayer dollars aimed at educating our children. But also the rewarding thing is being able to have a legacy that you leave behind. And that legacy is is not built on the cases that I've accomplished or, you know, how many people I put in jail or how much money I got recovered. But the legacy is being able to see that I had an impact on those that have come behind me and then what they have succeeded and what their successes are. And then in turn, those that come behind them. So that's probably the most rewarding thing that I have ever had. Yes, Terry's right on. For me, the most rewarding part of the job is watching the next generation of women come up the ranks. When I became a supervisor seven years ago at a different law enforcement agency, I was the only woman supervisor in my organization. Today, I'm fortunate to be with that OIG where 28% of our law enforcement leaders are women. All three of you touched upon how important it is to uh, to look forward to the future generations of women that are coming into these jobs. So how important is it for you to have connection to other women in your career? And as someone who has risen to leadership positions, how do you do that? Terry, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, this is a great segue from, you know, finishing up Nicole's train of thought and what she's talking about, you know, bringing up the next generation of women. So for me, it's, you know, and we do that through mentorship, open and honest conversations. And I, I really do mean open and honest conversations. I don't just mean like the filler conversations, but those deep heart to heart conversations. You know, you share your experiences, whether they're good or bad. You know, you want them to be able to avoid some of those mistakes, not all of them, because mistakes are good and you have to learn from them. Um, you try to build those relationships and help, you know, the next generation that's coming up behind you understand and, you know, kind of like navigate those trials that we had to navigate coming up because our paths were not as hard as those that were before us either. And so we definitely want to make that path a little straighter. So given I'm talking about mentorship and awesome and open conversations, I don't just mean with women who are in law enforcement positions. You really want to have a balance. So you want to look outside of just law enforcement. You want to seek mentorships from peers and superiors and even subordinates who are outside of federal government in the civilian sector, running Fortune 500 companies, women in the military, you know, who are at the high ranks of their career. So you really want to get a balance when we talk about leadership because it's not leadership for just women in law enforcement. We want to build that groundwork for women in leadership as a, as a, as a whole. I think Terry hit the nail on the head with mentorship. 
I have mentored women and men in law enforcement and also men and women who aspire to be in law enforcement. For me, it's very rewarding to help and share my experience with others. Those connections, as Terry said, are key. Can I add on to this? I would like to say that Terry, she's she's a visionary. It's about open, honest conversations, but not just with women. We need to have open conversations with with our male counterparts and to help them understand and to bring a shared meaning to everybody's experience, not just one side of the story. So if I would add on to that, I would add on that we should have these relationships that continue across gender lines and across any lines that we we think are put in the sand. Look, a, a lot of the growth that we've had lately is because we're having conversations with men in leadership positions and that they understand that it's important to bring both sides to the table and to have more women in these roles. Well, you bring that home, Nicole. Um, okay, so you brought up the importance of relationships and specifically mentorships. If a woman were to come to you who's looking for a job in federal law enforcement or who's currently serving in federal law enforcement, what advice would you give her? For me, I would tell women that you don't have to be one of the guys to be a good officer. Um, when I began my career, I thought that I had to be the male version of myself in order to succeed. Gosh, was I wrong. Um, law enforcement needs everyone's unique traits and characteristics. The world needs you exactly how you are right now. Also, I would say that bias doesn't just start with male law enforcement officers. Even female officers tend to be biased against one another. Studies show that there's only two seats out of 10 at the senior leadership table for women. And the number is probably fewer and lower in a male-dominated field like law enforcement. So women feel like, and I did too, that we have to compete with one another to get a seat at the table. Well, I got news for you, ladies. There's eight other seats. That's right, Nicole. Um, I particularly want women to know that there is room for them in the field of law enforcement. You know, the three of us have broken some ceilings. And if I can speak for Terry and Nicole, we're proud of how hard we worked and what we have been able to accomplish. But there are more ceilings than need breaking. The federal law enforcement community needs more women and women in leadership positions. That really comes back to mentorship that you had all spoken about earlier and representation and the idea that if you can see it, you can be it. And it is so important to have, you know, diversity in all parts of our agencies to let people know what is possible for them. Yes. So it's not just in a diversity. So as a woman of color who has been in law enforcement now for nearly 30 years, I have met few and far between other women of color in this career field. And those that I've actually met, we've gravitated towards each other for mentorship and guidance navigating this, this career field. You know, I would definitely like to see people of color be more presented in federal law enforcement and be a role model for our community, as well as demonstrate that law enforcement has enough room for everybody. And that there is, you know, this is where the change is actually going to begin because we've definitely encountered some difficult times recently and over the years. However, you know, if we have more people of color and minorities represented, you know, we'll be able to mitigate that perception of what a person is and how law enforcement interacts with the general populace. Absolutely. 
as a Hispanic woman, I will say that Hispanics continue to be severely underrepresented in the government and in leadership positions. I think it's important for women to give back to the community and to inspire others to seek opportunities in law enforcement. For example, so when I was a special agent in New York, I founded a chapter for the Hispanic American Police Command Officers Association. And here in Atlanta, I also co-founded a chapter as well. Because like we all have said, law enforcement agencies have to represent the communities they serve. That's very important and the key to diversity. So even for communities that are underrepresented and feel like maybe they don't belong in law enforcement, I have something to tell you, you do belong. This is a place for you. And look, being in federal law enforcement has been a dream job. I just love it. And working in OIG is possibly the best kept secret in government. Well, Jesse, it's not the best kept secret any longer. You just let the cat out of the bag that OIG is the place to be. <laughs> and I'm happy to share with our listeners that we are hiring. We currently have positions available for both full-time law enforcement agents and interns. And you can read more about these positions on the career page on our website, where you can also find examples of our investigative cases and results. And if you'd like to talk with Jesse, Terry, or Nicole, we've included their bios and contact information in the transcript to this podcast. Jesse, Terry, Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today and to share your thoughts and experience on being a woman in federal law enforcement. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for having us for this awesome opportunity. Thanks. I really enjoyed being here today. Mary, thank you so much for having me. I had a total blast. And Jesse and Terry, it's always a pleasure. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Mary Farthing with the U.S. Department of Education, Office of Inspector General, and this has been Eye on Ed. <laughs>